The impacts of a cyber attack which crippled Vanuatu's e-government infrastructure last year could have been much worse had they not been well prepared. This is according to a cybersecurity expert who also says Vanuatu is actually one of the more proactive Pacific governments with a centralised IT hub and official cybersecurity policy. Koroi Hawkins spoke with Professor Karsten Rudolph from the Monash University in Melbourne and began by asking him about the general cybersecurity landscape in the Pacific. Yeah, the cybersecurity situation in the in the Pacific is not actually not that different from the situation in other countries. So we see these kind of attacks all over the world. Um, what makes it a bit different is that the Pacific is currently going through a quite rapid process of digitizing government processes or new e-commerce of uh, new opportunities popping up in connecting people across the islands, across distances. Uh, there's new undersea cables being rolled out. Um, and all this, of course, increases the risks for cybersecurity issues as well, but it also creates lots of opportunities. So that's a situation we are in at the moment. Um, but what we find is that um, countries and governments and also private organizations, industry, is not necessarily prepared to to deal with with this new complexity. From from what we understand from cybersecurity attacks recently in Vanuatu, also we've had had some previously in the Marshall Islands, is that the investment in that digitization, as you say, is is simply on getting the systems up and and getting there's not really that much money floating around to protect them. Is is that the sense you're getting as well? Well, money is is one issue, but there's there's quite a few other things around it as well. So Vanuatu has worked with us, that is the Oceania Cybersecurity Center in Melbourne, working with countries in the Pacific on their cybersecurity and with quite a few other partners on getting better positioned in cybersecurity. So they do have a cybersecurity policy in place. They have started to build up a computer emergency response team. So they are actually quite active in that in that field. And if you look at it historically, usually if you built up departments in a government, probably each department runs their own IT. There's some people managing it, usually not not actually really experts in the field um, and not experts in cybersecurity as well. So what Vanuatu has done is basically now providing more centralized IT services to government departments, which creates the the opportunity to also ramp up cybersecurity for these services. On the other hand, if there is an attack like it was in Vanuatu now, it means that a lot of the services are affected um, from the one place where you run uh, your IT. So there's big advantages of doing that, but then there's also disadvantages. And we have seen in Vanuatu um, that these disadvantages kind of played out in that in the, in that attack. But then there's a question if there wasn't that preparation and there wasn't a computer emergency response team and people who could be contacted and work on it, whether well, it might have been even worse. Mm. Yeah, I've actually, I think I have been in the room where the government server arrays were and talked to the director of tech in Vanuatu, and it's quite impressive, I must say. Um, for the types of attacks, if you can, in layman's terms, if you can outline for us just what kind of attacks we're seeing on not just governments, but also citizens in terms of cybersecurity in the region. Well, that's the, the types of attack we see are actually quite diverse. So there's sometimes people ask us, you know, why is it that 
attackers target small Pacific Island countries. There's not a lot of money to be be stolen. It's uh, there's no big enterprises. Um, data sets are probably smaller, and that so it doesn't seem to be great target to attack. Well, we need to understand that a lot of the attacks are not necessarily directly targeted. So let's say we have uh, vulnerable software and there's long lists of potential vulnerable software. And if it's not updated, it remains vulnerable. And then um, attackers basically scan the internet for these vulnerabilities. And where they find something, they try to, to get in. This can be fully automated. So it can be just rather random that this server or this computer sits in a country in the Pacific region. And then they roll out um, partly fully automated uh, ransomware where data is encrypted or they try to steal the data and then they start looking at it and really understand who the target was. And there's always some money to be be made. So that's one type. Um, then there's very targeted ones that maybe some of them don't don't actually go for, for money, but it's more activism type of thing. So that we have seen in Nauru where um, emails of the police were published. So that was not for, for financial gain. This was really to, to raise awareness of some issues in Nauru. That was with a refugee situation with Australia. And then there's all these, these individual attacks. There's scams where, where people are tricked into paying money. For example, these messenger apps where, um, where you get random messages from somebody these are really randomly distributed and they they really try widely and then some people answer and they, they get some money. And, and so it's not, I don't think that for all these attacks, many people would go and say, okay, let's target the Pacific region. And then finally, there's more tension around the global situation um, between China, America, other players in the Pacific. And so that also plays into it so that, that people try to, get access to information, um, spy, maybe have like clandestine break-ins into system that we might even not know about yet. And so there's all this more political motivated uh, type of attacks as well. So it's a wide range of things. 